Hey queens, you're listening to the Fiance Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Queen T, also known as your one and only fiance coach and your favorite one because I'm the only one. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about five attributes of a kingdom wife. So I hope that you have a journal, a notepad, and a pen so that you can take notes. Do me a favor, queens. As always, hop over to IG, go to my page at the fiance coach comment on any photo that you see. I wanted to hear your feedback. I want to hear your suggestions for future topics. Just be open. And if you're not following me or my amazing women's ministry at My Sister Circle of Christ and the amazing co-founder Anastasia underscore the life coach, you need to do so now. All right, queens, before I go any further, let's just jump into today's material so you can get what you came to receive. This is the Fiance Coach, connecting you to your true wife goals. Let's roll. Hola, queens. It's your girl, Queen T here, also known as the one and only Fiance Coach. Welcome to my channel. If you're new, make sure you hit that subscribe button, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on Google Play Store, um, Apple, Spotify, the list goes on. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hit that subscribe button so that you can come back every Fiance Friday and tune in to a new episode of the Fiance Diaries podcast. Today, ladies, we're going to be talking about five attributes of a kingdom wife. And the Lord hit my spirit this morning, so he definitely gave me some scriptures to back up what it is that I'm saying. Um, So y'all gonna have to bear with me because I have my beautiful big Bible here with me, okay? And I have everything labeled so that I'm not flipping through pages so you ladies aren't getting lost or bored as I'm trying to flip through with my nails, all right? So um, if you haven't already, make sure you jump over to IG and Twitter and follow me at The Fiance Coach. As always, I'm shouting out my ministry that I founded with my amazing co-founder, Anna The Life Coach. She actually leads that ministry and is the vessel of it. God bless her for her beautiful spirit. Um, Make sure you follow her at Anna underscore the life coach in the ministry at my sister's circle of Christ, also known as MSCLC. Tune in every second and fourth Thursday of the month for a new episode of uh, the podcast that Anna is leading. All right. So today we're going to be talking about five attributes of a kingdom wife. Now, keep in mind. I don't want you to feel like these are the only five things that you have to do in order to um, achieve this goal of being a kingdom wife. Remember, we're always talking about being your own version of true wife goals. But I wholeheartedly believe that if you can nail down these five attributes, add them as a part of your, your package, this woman that you're becoming, it will allow everything else that you are chasing to be a lot easier for you. Who doesn't want things to be a lot easier? We want to work hard for things in life, but we don't want things to push away from us. We want things to come easy. There's too many things in the world that are difficult. So if some things can be easy, why not? All right, so let's jump into it. Number one, I'm going to say, and I have a list right here, y'all. So YouTube fans, y'all might see my eyes jamming over to the right or left. I don't know which way you're watching this video, but I promise you I'm still here and I'm connected to you. All right, number one is quiet time. Of course, you knew I was going to say that. Quiet time, also known as prayer time with God. Um, I I call it quiet time because it's not always about prayer. Sometimes we get into this motion where we're always um, 
we're always lifting prayers up to God, but we don't take a moment to sit and listen. Um, now, some people ask, how do you listen from God? Like, they, I can get into so many different discussions, and it'll lead to several debates about how God actually communicates with us. And I honestly believe that when you have a personal relationship with him, you know how he communicates with you. So there's no need to debate that. But one of the ways that you can't deny that he's communicating to you is by reading his word. And that's why I started off with that one first, because we're actually going to be backing this up with word. Now, a scripture that someone shared with me, uh oh, y'all, I take something backwards. <laughs> but luckily, it was the one I'm looking for. A scripture that um, a sister in Christ shared with me a while ago, as I was actually walking into marriage, she's someone who's been married for a while. And um, I honestly didn't know her that long, but she gave me this word of Psalms 34 as me and my husband were relocating to Germany, where we are now. And she told me to meditate on this word, and I did. And uh, what it says is we're going to go from Psalm 34, 5, and 6. All right. So this is the word of the Lord. It says, those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all of my troubles. So in, in walking into marriage, you definitely want to have a connection and a relationship with Christ because you are becoming one with somebody else. And a lot of people think that becoming one is just something that just happens like this. I promise you it's not. You are learning someone totally different from you. I don't care if you've known that person for five years. When you're married, you're going to be learning new things about them. And I have confirmed this with people who have dated their spouses for years before they took that next step. It's something about marriage that pushes you in the direction as you're trying to become one and you end up hitting some bumps and some gravel along the way. But when you have a relationship and communion with Christ, it makes it a lot easier. All right. This is what we're talking about. Things that can make your journey to being this kingdom wife a lot easier. I never said it's easy. I said that <laughs> easier. All right. So making sure that you have that relationship with Christ, not only just sending prayers up to him, sending requests up to him, like, God, you better get your son, your son acting up. I can't deal with him. You need to sit and listen so that God can actually respond. And sometimes he he's able to respond to you because you don't even have to open your mouth. When you have a relationship with him, you know how he responds to you and you just receive it and you didn't even lift anything up to him. So do not take that quiet time for granted. That is number one, having quiet time. Number two, attribute of what it takes to be a kingdom wife. Submission. The S word, y'all. Your favorite word, all right? <laughs> I'm being very, very, very sarcastic. The other S word, okay? So, submission. Definitely not my favorite word, but it's something that I've been, um, I don't want to say meditating on, but it's something I've been trying to get in harmony with as I became a wife this year. And it was something that I really didn't like before I was a wife. Um, I think that this idea of being submissive it makes women seem like they are weak, they're desperate, they're vulnerable, they don't have a backbone, uh, they lack independence. And as I'm, be, as I'm a wife now, I can honestly wholeheartedly say none of that is true. I am not 100% sub submissive, but I will let you know that when I am, I feel strong. 
I feel like this is what I was called to be. I'm tapping into my femininity and it feels also awesome. I was watching this video. If you're familiar with Sarah Jakes, she is one of my favorite pastors, by the way. She has a ministry, Women Involved ministry. And um, in 2018, she hosted her first Women Evolve conference. And me and my co-founder of MICOC, Anna, were able to attend it. Now, I swear to you, I was in the audience during this conference, but I totally forgot about it, y'all. I wasn't dating in 2018. I, um, you know, I, I, I wanted marriage, but like I knew I wasn't ready for it. So this conversation happened. There was a dialogue that was happening at the conference on the stage between Sarah and her mom, Sarita Jakes, who is the wife and um, better half. I love to call women the better half better half of Bishop T.D. Jakes, all right? So she is basically having a dialogue with Sarah, and they're talking about how to, um, how to approach strife in your marriage when you're getting it from your husband. Now, you're thinking like, wait, Sarita Jakes? The Sarita Jakes? Uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes' wife? Strife? What are you talking about? And remind you, y'all, these are human beings, all right? So yes, even Bishop T.D. Jakes has issues in his marriage. We're all human beings. Now, I don't know if this was recent, but I think this was as she was learning to become this wife and becoming one with her husband. She opened up and was candid about a time when they got into a disagreement, and she immediately, you know, first snatched his car keys. Yes, y'all, I'm talking about T.D. Jakes' wife. Snatched his car keys you know, he went out there and was like, oh, you're not going to take my car. Y'all got to go see it for yourself. But she came back in the house and I forget the gentle response that she said to him. She put the keys down and she said, whatever you like, babe, or something like that. And it completely threw Bishop T.D. Jakes off because he thought that she was about to go for a word for word battle with him. Y'all know how we get ladies. We be ready with the words. We quick with them. We swift with them. We don't play. So Bishop T.D. Jakes' wife, she was submissive in that moment because she she started to react with her impulsive reaction. But you know what? Something, the spirit within her told her that's not the way to go. So in that moment, she had a quick save and it completely threw Bishop T.D. Jakes off. And the way that I see it from what I think she said was, you know, that was one of the last arguments that they had ever had. So that taught me in the moment that, wow, even when I think that my word for word battles and raps that I'm ready to have with my husband, when I think that those are going to help me win, that's actually my weakness that I'm tapping into. My true strength comes from submission. And before I talk any further, y'all, I'm going to back this up with scripture. It's in Ephesians 5. We're going to read 522 to 24. I told y'all I got these tabs right here so that y'all don't got to deal with me fighting with my nails that I need to get done. Ooh, trying to find these pages. Okay, so Ephesians 5.22. And this is the word of the Lord. For wives, this means, now let me go back to 21. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Everything, ladies, everything, okay? It ain't just some things. It's not the things that I like. It's not the things that I feel like doing. It's everything. 
And the way that I read that, you might want to meditate on it yourself. It's practically very it's practically very difficult to even show submission to Christ if you aren't submitting to your husband and everything. So meditate on that, ladies. All right, that's number two, and that is submission. So number one was quiet time with Christ, and number two was submission. Number three, I just wrote these right in, and that's how I know the um, Spirit led this because they all kind of flow now that I'm talking about them. Number three is wisdom, y'all. Wisdom, yes. As I talked about Bishop T.D. Jakes' wife, Mrs. Sarita Jakes, how she, in that moment, wisdom kicked in and told her, like, this isn't your strength. You need to tap into your femininity. You need to tap into being submissive. She did that, and in my opinion, she won the battle, all right? So we're on wisdom. Now, another story I have for y'all. I shared this a few, um, a few episodes ago. I don't remember which episode it was, y'all. But when I was, um, when I was uh, in the process of um, getting married, I was engaged. All right. <laughs> I had a doctor's appointment. And my doctor, she has been my doctor for years, y'all. She has uh, been my doctor when I was the Target that was in Three Rings and a Promise. That Target, all right. If you haven't read that book, make sure you go grab your copy on Amazon, all right? You will thank me later. But when I told her I was getting married... She was really excited for me. She was ecstatic. And she was like, that's so great. That's so wonderful. You deserve this. You know, saying all the great things. Now, my, um, my doctor, she is a believer. Um, and she is an, um, an African-American woman. And she's been married for years. As far as I know, she's been married the entire time that she's been my doctor. Instead of her saying, oh, you're going to be a great wife. Things are going to go well for you. I just know they are. Guess what she said to me, y'all? She said, don't mess it up. <laughs> and my face was like, why would you tell me? Now, I'm very blunt. And sometimes things come out my mouth that I don't mean to say, like a response. Not curse words, but like a response when it's just like, Tarjay, bite your tongue. But I said to her, why would you say that to me? Like, <laughs> you mean to tell me to... You want me to tell him don't mess it up? She said, oh, oh no, 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 dear. She did this, y'all. Read Proverbs 14. I said, oh, here she go back and stuff up with scripture. I'll be honest with y'all. I didn't immediate, immediately read Proverbs 14 because I was kind of stuck in my feelings a little bit. But when I did read Proverbs 14, I understood exactly what she was saying. Maybe not immediately and initially when I read it, but now that I've read it and I know of that scripture, I'm no longer upset with her, and I have no bad feelings towards that, okay? So we're going to turn to Proverbs 14.1. All right, y'all, these things are great. I'm telling you, these little, literally, pieces of paper that I tore up and put taped on the top of the pages, but it's working. All right, so 14.1. This is the word of the Lord. A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hand. And when I say wisdom, if you know anything about the book of Proverbs, you know that it is a book full of wisdom. You need wisdom in life, ladies. You know, you can read all the books in the world. You can watch all the watch and listen to all the podcasts in the world on marriage. And you can even read all the books on marriage. And you can even go to every conference that's talking about marriage conferences. You can you can do so much to get the knowledge. 
But if you don't have wisdom from God as you are walking into being a wife, you are setting yourself up for failure. Now, mind you, let's reread the scripture. A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Now, think about what I said, y'all. I said that sometimes I can be very impulsive with my responses. Now, you don't want to be very impulsive with your responses when people ask you things. For instance, when people are asking you, how's your marriage going? How are things going? You want to be very careful about the language that you use when you're talking about your marriage. It depends on what type of space you're in. Maybe things are going really great and that's awesome. I want them to be really great. You know, you're walking into kingdom marriage, but kingdom marriage is real marriage. It's not a fairy tale. I will let you know that you're dealing with two people who are still building a relationship with Christ and Christ is still building and repairing things within them. Nobody's perfect. When you're perfect is when you're ready to join Christ. All right. That's just how it is. So you have to be delicate in, um, you have to be delicate and you have to be aware of the things that you're doing and the words that you're saying as you're talking about things going on with your spouse. Um, I shared in an episode a few episodes ago talking about how it's your duty to create a safe space for your spouse. In this moment, this is exactly what I'm talking about. And this is exactly what my doctor was talking about when she said, don't mess it up. You know, so you have to be wise. It says that a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. So don't allow your marriage. Literally, we're not just talking about a house. We're not talking about a building. We're talking about spiritualness, a oneness. Don't separate your marriage based on your impulsive actions. Go to God. Go back to number one, quiet time. Go back to number two, submission. And then that wisdom kicks in. That wisdom kicks in. Just because you messed up, there is a quick save. Hello. Thank you, uh, Mrs. Sarita Jakes. There's a quick save there for you. But unless you use the weapon that's there for you, the tool, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, you won't know how to activate and use that wisdom. So use it. All right. Number four. We are, and I've read that, right, y'all? Proverbs 14.1. Yes, number three was wisdom. And number four is talking about being self-caring and using self-development. I put them one in one. It's really about self-care. Now, I'm going to be very uh, transparent with y'all. This is something that I have a hard time sticking to. Now, this is how I know I have a hard time sticking to it because I recently just relocated to Germany. It's been, um, it just hit six months that we've been here, but we got here in the middle of um, COVID. The pandemic is still going on. Things opened up eventually, but it was like two months later. Um, so just getting adjusted to a country. I don't speak the language. It's just been a lot going on. So my self-care has been a little off, but I'm getting there and I feel that I'm getting a lot better. However, there is so much I need to do. Now, self-care is not only talking about your appearance. I will let y'all know that for a few months, my appearance was whatever I wanted it to be because I couldn't find nobody that can do my hair and et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, that's not just what self-care is about. Self-care has a lot to do with how you conduct your affairs, how you conduct, um, how you conduct yourself in, in public and how you uh, handle and prioritize things in your life. It has so much to do with that. Self-care is this 
package in one. And the reason I threw in self-development is because we don't just arrive at marriage and feel as though we made it, I arrived. You know, maybe you feel like you got the degree, you got the job, you got the marriage, and then you're gonna get the baby. It's like this checklist for you. No, that's not what life is about. Life is a process when you're walking with Christ. You're always growing. You and your fiance, maybe somebody's engaged out there. You and your fiance, you and your future husband, your king, you both are going to be growing, not just together, but remember that you both still have your purpose to God, your individual purposes to God. So you have to make sure that you're feeding your brain with whatever it is that you need in order to succeed. If you're not giving yourself access, if you're not allowing yourself to have access to information that's going to take you to the next level, you're going to be stuck. You cannot go into tomorrow with yesterday's energy. All right. Thank the Lord. I don't know where that just came from, but you have to be well equipped. You have to prepare. I don't know if it's books that you need to read. I don't know if it's you got to get your finances in order. I don't know if you're still trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. I, hey, I still say that to this day. I say, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up and I'm in my thirties. All right. So it's time to get your affairs in order. And I'm here to remind you who you were called to be. And that is in Proverbs 31. So turn with me to Proverbs 31, ladies. That's everybody's favorite. All right. So there are so many things that I'm going to point out in this. We're talking about um, not only is she a, a virtuous woman and a capable wife, she is somebody that people trust. She's someone that's good with money. I'm just jumping in here, y'all, because I see that I'm really long on time today. So it says her husband can trust her. She brings him good and not harm. So that means that her mental health is in a good place. All right, ladies, I will say this. I always say it. If you need a therapist, do not feel ashamed to get a therapist. Queen T has a therapist. All right. So make sure you get you a therapist because you don't want to be the person that be over there diagnosing your husband and you got your own issues going on. You know, don't be what God talked about in the book of Matthew. You're a person that sees the speck in other people's eyes, but without even realizing that you have a log in your own eye. I don't know what scripture that was, but I know it was in Matthew somewhere. And if it ain't in Matthew, I promise you it was in the New Testament. So quote me on that. <laughs> she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She is somebody who has a routine. She is somebody that is committed to her routine. Her routine is important to her. This is where Queen T falls short. Queen T is not good at getting up all the time, y'all. Queen T will get up, you know, maybe when I'm in like my uh, Bible study devotions to God for like 21 days, 90 days, whatever the spirit leads me to do. I'm not good at getting up when I'm not in those seasons, all right? Queen T loves to sleep. And sleep ain't going to help Queen T, okay? So, all right, jumping into 16. She goes to inspect the field and she buys it with her earnings and she plants a vineyard. She's energetic and strong and a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamps burn late into the night. She's somebody that's good with money. She's good with finances. Not only is she good with finances, she's good with investments. She knows how to, she knows how to make money off her money, all right? Her hands are busy spinning thread. She helps a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. As my husband always say, be a lender, not a borrower. She is somebody that is 
people can go to in times of need because she cares. She's somebody that they trust so much. Her own children trust her. Her own husband trusts her that they come to her in times of need. Now, um, jumping to 25 because I realized that I've been going on for so long. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she lasts without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise. Go back to wisdom, ladies. She gives instructions with kindness and carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her and her husband praises her. All right, charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly, greatly praised. All right, so when it comes to self-care and self-development, I highly encourage you to meditate on Proverbs 31 because there are so many attributes in that one, if you understand what I'm saying. It breaks down, okay, how can I show that I'm having self-care? Mental health was in there, being a good steward of money, prioritizing your time and the management of your time, um, how you're able to um, how you're able to gain respect, how you're able to offer help and assist people. And it says that she, um, I believe it also said something about, oh, what did it say? I think I skipped over it, y'all. Oh, yes, I did skip over it. She makes, um, she makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. So that's 3122. I knew I skipped over it. But she also keeps her appearance together. So that's when I said self-care isn't just about your appearance. Self-care and self-development come all together in one. As you learn more, as you're developing, you're able to care more about yourself. And as you're doing this, other people are able to see it. So unconsciously, this is happening. You're taking time to develop yourself and what your gifts and abilities and God is just building you and people are noticing this about you. That is why number four is important. All right, let's get to number five and I'll try to be quick, but it's very important. And I think that you're probably going to think it's like a no brainer, but I feel like it has to be said. Number five is strength, strength, ladies. Now, everything that you learn about strength when you were growing up, that, um, strong women, that strong, independent woman. We don't cry. We don't ask for help. Uh, we do everything on our own. I don't need no man. You know, we are not pushing for those type of women. Okay. We are in a season and not even just a season. We have accepted that we are women and we are called to adopt femininity and live in it and just be okay with being the women that God created us to be submissive. We just read Proverbs 31 for crying out loud. She's submissive. She respects her husband and her husband respects her. You don't think that she's submissive, but she's still a boss. All right. So everything that you we've learned about being a woman, about not crying and things like that. I want you to just take that idea literally like in your hand like this, ball it up. And I want you to shoot it into the nearest hoop or the trash that's nearest you. So you have to know that you weren't called to be strong on your own. In fact, your greatest strength lies in Christ. Going back to number one, when it talks about quiet time, quiet time with Christ is everything. Being a strong woman is somebody that reaches out and says, I need help. Maybe you need therapy. Maybe somebody has the resources that you need in order to find the solution you're looking for. I have a story and honestly, I was looking for a scripture for this one and I saw literally the same story twice. And that's when I said, okay, this must be the story. And it's in the book of Matthew. If I can get to Matthew again, I taped it backwards, but I found it. So 
So Matthew 15, and it's talking 15, 21 through 28. It's talking about the faith of a Gentile woman. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him, pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her, go away. She's bothering us. And Jesus said to the woman, I was only sent to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, I said, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from children and throw it to the dogs. And she replied, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Tell me that's not strength. This lady approaches Christ. And, he, you know, he honestly could have snapped his fingers and got rid of her. She was not giving up. She tapped into, as I would call it, that quiet time. And she told him, like, no, I need you. I need a blessing right now. My child ain't right. And I need you to help me out. God did not call us to be going insane and trying to figure out answers on our own, ladies. He called us to rest in him, find a, and dwell in a secret place in him so that he can take the burdens off of our shoulders and he can find the solutions for us. All right. So, ladies, this is what I want you to know. These are five attributes that I mentioned, but I want you to know that as God is building you, he will slowly reveal additional attributes that you need to add on to your life in order to be the woman that he's calling you to be. There are goals that he has for you and there are goals that he has for your family. And unless you're able to adopt these attributes and take them seriously into the, into the uh, self-care and self-development of who he's calling you to be, you won't be able to find the joy that you're looking for in life. All right. So number one, quiet time. Number two, submission. Number three is wisdom. Number four is self-care and self-development. And number five is strength. I will list the scriptures below. Thank you so much, ladies. I'm so sorry I took a half hour of your time, but I hope that you enjoy this material and share it with another sister who deserves to be blessed by this information. All right. Love y'all. Take care. God bless.